0: Today, um, I want to do something a little bit different. I felt was on God's heart for today um, before we leave. Oh, and by the way, while I'm gone, uh, next week we're going to have Pastor John Shuey with us. He's going to bring a word next week. Really excited for that. And then the week after that, I reached out to an old friend. He's a friend, not a friend who's old. I'm not ready. He's about my age, so I'm not ready to confess that. But Tom Sippling, how many of you have met Tom Sippling before? He's ministered to our youth uh, years ago, and I reached out to him. He was just on my heart, so I reached out, and he answered the phone in Hawaii. He was there on the beach, and he said, "I saw your name, brother. What's going on?" I asked him to preach, and he's really eager and i can't wait for you to experience him if you never met him before he's quite a, a unique vessel real sweetheart of a man of god a, a shepherd of shepherds i mean he's just an amazing guy so i'm eager for him to impart here and can't wait to hear what god does while we're overseas so um today there are more than one there are many more than one voice that speaks to this house there are, we have prophets in our midst we have many people who know hear from god and share things with me and for usually at the beginning of the year and before the Lord about Lord, what what's your word for right now? And, and we're not a people just so you know, at our annual meeting, I'll be sharing like a vision update kind of thing. We're not a people that needs like a new slogan, you know, for every year, right? If God gives one great, but you know, there's some church. it's like, you know, I don't remember. I can't even think of them. I'm so bad at it. Patty's really good at that. She gets the, that's how the Lord speaks to her. He never gives me titles of things till it's till late. But anyway, We don't need like a new vision for every year because how many times does God have to say it? I believe God speaks. There is a vision. There's something that a church ought to be doing. And until the work's complete, it's not like he's ADD and he changes his mind every year. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try something else. So there's certain things that God is always going to be doing. And until we complete, you know, from vision to reality is what we're here for. God speaks. We ought to be able to write the vision or articulate the vision, make it plain so that those who hear it might run with it. Right. And running with it or building it is how a vision becomes reality. So I'm going to I'm going to invite to the floor in a moment, Patty Bowman, who's a prophet in house and one of our elders. She's got a word from the Lord for us, and Lisa Rupp, who's a prophet in-house also. They both shared with me a little bit about what what God was saying, and I felt like it is so in sync with what the elders are hearing, with what I'm hearing personally that y'all needed to hear it. So I'm going to do it in this spirit, and this is more of a word of instruction for us, and I think something really critical in our hour. How many of you know that not everything that God says to every church is for every church? And I mean local church. That God does not just broadcast everybody do the same thing. We're not like like the Borg, remember, in Star Trek. Man, I just pulled that out of nowhere where everybody just kind of says the same thing. We're as unique and different as the parts of the body. Only like half of you even know what I'm talking about. Even if you're my age, you're like, you watch Star Trek? I used to love that show. But they're, in, they all, they're like a, a hive. They all just do the same thing as what's going on. That is not the body of Christ. He speaks to a group of people that are joined together, who are going to do things together. And that's why the body is connected according to where the parts function together. Fingers are attached to the palm and attached to the forearm for a reason. Fingers don't work so well if they're right here. It just looks weird and they can't do much. They're attached to each other for the purpose of doing something together. And so in the book of Revelation, we have seven letters written to seven churches. They were all specific churches. The word of either it's the same format for all seven, and they all begin with to the angel of the church in, and the first one's Ephesus, and it's and then six more. To the angel of the church. Now that can mean either we got a supernatural angel assigned to us. I believe we do. I believe we do have angels that are assigned to us individually and corporately. I'd love to see them sometime. I feel like they're here. So just say hi. You know, they're real. They're not, this is not a, a myth. You know, it's not like a, a thing we just believe in. They are real. If you believe the Bible, I mean, uh, Peter was locked up in prison. The church was praying for him. An angel came, set him free and brought him back, you know, and came to the house and he knocked on the door, Rhoda answered the door. And then she slammed it in his face. She went back up to the prayer meeting and she said, hey, Peter's at the door. And you know what they said? Nah, it's just his angel. Just as angel, I mean, it's bad enough she slapped the door on Peter's face. Imagine shutting the door on an angel. (laughs) I mean, but they're real. Uh, I believe I have one assigned, but I also believe it's not just a supernatural angel, but it's the the word angel. Angelos literally means a messenger. That there is a voice in every house that the Lord's established. And I do get to be the primary voice, and I believe I am primarily responsible to make sure that we are hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. I do that with the counsel of the elders. I do it with the counsel and feedback of all the prophets and prophetic voices in the house. But I believe we have to know what the Spirit of God is saying. We're not a cookie cutter, open a book. I went to seminary. I could preach through a theology book, and you'd be bored out of your skulls for one thing. But we wouldn't know what God is saying right now. It's called, if you're familiar with it, the rhema word of God. It's the preceding word. What's he saying right now to the church? So to the angel of the church in so-and-so or in Ephesus, right? To the angel of the church in Millersburg, right? And that's what we're here to hear today. The scripture goes on and, and all of them say the same thing. He who has an ear to hear. He who has, how many of you have ears? They all work, right? I mean, we, we could do that too. We could unstop a deaf ear or two today if we needed to, but I don't think we do. Jesus said the same phrase. He spoke the same words to crowds of people. Only a few of them actually ever heard what he said. The rest were arguing with them in their minds and they never heard a word of what he said. But the one who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So um, on that note, I want to hand this over to Patty. Patty, come on and share what the Lord's been speaking to you, and then I'm going to Have Lisa come next, and then I'll close us out.
1: Am I on with the headpiece? Oh, perfect. Thank you. I need my hands. Um, let's just pray. Lord, we just ask for the ears to hear what you are saying. We ask for a vision with our eyes to see and behold those things that you speak. And we ask that our hearts and minds would comprehend not just to hear, but to be transformed and changed in this hour by your word. And I ask for your anointing upon me as I share, Lord, that it would be your equipping, your anointing, that we, the body of Christ may reflect the image and the glory of you. And we ask this in Jesus name. Amen. (laughs) As we were getting ready to move into 2004, the Lord began to speak some things to my heart. And I, I know it was for me, but I also feel that I can be transparent before you, knowing that it was for the church as well in this hour. And um, a lot of us, it is, we can say it'll be, not be a new revelation. It'll not be a new truth. But hopefully what I share today is an exhortation and an encouragement for you in this hour. <clears throat> because one of the things the Lord is saying is, hold fast to me hold firm to me 2024 could be a wild ride in the physical and in all the things that are going on around us politically governmentally but it's also going to be a wild ride in the spirit (laughs) and this kind of reminds me of a roller coaster i'm not one for getting on a roller coaster at my age anymore i don't like the banging and the moving and the kind of sets me off a little, but I would surely not be one of those who would not be clasped in and held firm. It would be a wild ride, and some of you may put up your hands and enjoy the ride, but you're still fastened. You're held in. You're holding firm. And I want you to enjoy the ride that the Lord has for us in 2024, but to be ensure we're fastened and held firm and holding, clasping ourselves to Him In 2023, it was a time for the Lord to close doors. And at the end of 2003, we closed doors to the past. We closed doors to the strongholds of the enemy. We closed doors to generational curses. We closed doors to sins that easily beset us. We closed doors to wrong mindsets and strongholds that didn't align with truth. So those doors in 2003 were closed to the power of the enemy. But 2004 holds more doors for us. It holds doors to the present and it holds doors to the future. So we have to ask ourselves a question this morning. Who is knocking at the door? And we're going to find out that it's a two-fold response, a two-fold knocking. But let's take a look at the first knock. And when someone knocks at a door, they're desiring for you to acknowledge their presence and for you to open up the door and hopefully invite them in. So the first question is this, who is knocking at our door? knock knock who's there i am i am who i am who i am the lord is giving a revelation to us in this hour that he is who he says he is in the fullness of all his glory when he spoke in exodus to moses and Moses said, what should I go back to the people and tell them who is speaking to me that I'm going to go release them and set them free from captivity? And the Lord says, tell them I am has sent you. And when he speaks of his I am, we might translate it in the English as Jehovah, Lord, Yahweh. And a lot of us would get into his covenant names of um, Jehovah, Sabaoth, Jehovah, Jireh jehovah rofi jehovah shalom and it's not so much knowing the compound names of the lord as head knowledge it's getting to know him with heart knowledge and experiencing him because when he says i am he's basically saying to us that any need or any circumstance any trial any challenge anything that you will ever face in life I am the resolution, I am the provision, I am the divine exchange for that, and if you study his covenantial names in the Bible, you will find out that every time he revealed himself in one of his characters, in one of his, in one of his character aspects, his nature, a facet of who he was, it was when the Israelites were facing a crisis. And in the midst of that crisis, as they cried out for deliverance, and most of the time they put themselves into that crisis through their own rebellion and defiance, but his mercy and his grace was sufficient. And as he cried out in the midst of that, he would reveal himself to them. And whatever need they had, he would lead them into war and be the victor. Jehovah Nisi, come under my banner. I'm the victorious one. He would lead them out of Egypt and take them to the waters of Mara, the bitter waters, and say, "Okay, before we go on in this journey, you need healing from all the bitterness and the anger of the oppression. I am Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He would reveal to them who he was, every need that they encountered in life. And what he's saying to us in this hour is, I am who I am. And I am sufficient to meet every need in the body of Christ and every need that the world has. It is and can and will be met in me if you will seek me and allow me to do that which I decree I am. I am who I am. I am that I am. So he is knocking at the door in this hour. And he's not knocking at the door to the world He's knocking at the door to the church. And if we look in Revelation, as Pastor Steve just had, I'm going to speak about the Church of Laodicea. It's so easy in our world, and the world would love it. And the world has lured lured, lured the church into a lot of this. is a place of lukewarmness. I'm talking about the church in general, a place of apathy, a place of complacency a place where they're kind of a silent voice and if the church doesn't speak that's that's perfect for the things of the world for then truth is not heard but the lord says in in uh, revelation 3 he says to this church in verse 15 i know your works but you're neither cold nor hot and i could wish that you were cold or hot so then because you are lukewarm because you are complacent because you are apathetic because you are silent he was, says he would go on that he would spew you vomit us out of his mouth and i'm not saying this in any condemnation to hillside i'm talking about the church in general and i'm just saying that the lord is calling us to awaken in this hour to who he really is do we really believe who he says he is i am who I am, sufficient for everything. And this is what he says that in Revelation 3, verses 20 to 22, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. And to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne As I also overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne, and he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. They had become lukewarm in their love, in their faith, in their ministry to the Lord, a church that had grown complacent. And as we hear him knocking at our door in this hour, what will our response be? Will we open the door? And it's one thing to open the door and peer who's out there. Oh, it's you. Just like with Peter. You know, he knocked on the door because they were praying for him to be released from prison, and they knocked and he knocked on the door to where they were praying at the gate. And the servant like, Oh, it's Peter, and she shut the door. And she went back in and like, You're not gonna believe this, but he's out there. You know the lord wants us not to only peer and to gaze and to partially open that door but to swing it wide open and say come in king of glory come in and dine with me because i need all of you in 2024 i need all of you so he's asking us if we're going to swing wide the door and if we're going to invite him in and with that knock there needs to be another knock. It needs to be us knocking. Who's there? It's me. Me who? I in I am. I am who I am in I am. In I am, I am who I am in I am. This is a revelation for me, us to walk in the full identity, the full authority, the full revelation of who we are in Christ. A knock and a cry to become all that he says and has called me to be in him. And Luke nine is kind of the scripture he gave me for that one. And here's where it says in Luke nine. He's speaking to us now, the Lord, and he says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and he who knocks, the door will be opened unto him. And when it talks about asking here, a-S-C, ask, seek, knock. It's not a once and a done thing. It is a perseverance of a diligence to be asking, to be seeking, to be knocking. The Lord is kind of like a mystery and deep calls to deep and those that diligently seek him will find him. The scripture says in Hebrews eleven six: six, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. For if you believe that he is, you must believe that he also is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So we're called to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. And why am I doing this? Because I invited all of him into me, and now I am giving all of myself into him, and he'll open wide the door. And allow us in, but it's an exchange. I receive all of him and I give him all of me. Okay. So um he goes on to say if the son asks for bread from um if the son asks for bread from his father, would he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asked for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And I assure you that we cannot do these things in and of ourselves. It is only by the the power of His Spirit within us that we're going to be able to do the things that He's asking us to do in 2024, the places where He's taking us, this ride in the spiritual in Him under His authority and through His power, knowing that I am in a diligent pursuit of Him in this hour, knowing that in Him I can minister to the body of Christ and to the world around me, knowing that I need Him daily with a fresh filling of His Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is kind of not a once and a done thing either. It's a daily filling. It's kind of like the virgins. You don't want to be like the virgins that are found without any oil left in their lamp. It's a daily refreshing, a daily communion, a daily fellowship with the Lord and asking for the filling of his spirit, knowing that under his authority and by his spirit, I can fulfill all that he asks me to do, which took me to Isaiah 61, one through four. We can't do this without all of me in the Lord and all of him in me. For the spirit of the Lord is upon us because the Lord has anointed each and every one of us who are in Christ. He has anointed us to go and preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent us to go and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives in the opening of the prison door to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort everyone who mourns, to comfort those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they too might be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he would be glorified thereby, and we shall rebuild the old ruins, We shall raise up the former desolations. We shall repair the ruined cities. So I ask you in 2024, who's knocking at the door? In 2023, we closed the door to the enemy. But in 2024, there's doors to be opened. And we need to say, who is knocking at the door? I am knocks at the door and we are called to knock at the door that this king of glory may come in and when Moses um, asked for the Lord to reveal himself he revealed his glory to him and his glory is the fullness of who he is and we carry the fullness of the Lord in us and we also are a part of that glory in this hour the glory of him in us in this hour and he is the king of glory he is the lord the lord god he's gracious and merciful he's long suffering he abounds in goodness and truth and i'm just going to read to you and close with this from psalm 27 now i lie to you at psalm 24. and it says we are jacob the generation of those who are seeking him, who seek his face. And then it says, Salah, so be it. Amen. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, you church, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord who is mighty in battle lift up your heads O ye gates lift up you everlasting doors and the king of glory will come in who is this king of glory he is the lord of hosts he is the king of glory Amen. so in this hour may you have ears to hear who knocks at the door yes.
2: <laughs> Good, yeah, thank you. It's a hard act to follow and i just say we're here in the lord we were dressed light and didn't even confer okay all right hmm? um i'm going to add an addendum to my uh tithing message i told you that he rebukes the devourer and that god gave me a really personal Example, I feed the ferals, and I have a little guy, a big guy, that's been coming. And uh, he got startled with me or just an anxiety attack the other day. And uh, he clamped down on my arm, and it was severe. And I didn't react to him, even though he didn't let go. And uh, my arm became paralyzed, couldn't could not uh move it i couldn't rotate my hand or my wrist without tremendous pain still had to go shovel and go to work and until i got home i wasn't unbuttoning my shirt i had to use my teeth and i thought okay you know what i need to get i need to get this looked at is going not it's gone south it's going south in a big time and she the doctor uh These are special pens that you mark the skin with. And I had, this had come to mind that that was part of the reason I was going, there is a disease you can get from a cat bite that if it's not treated hard and and, uh, medicated extremely well, you will die in a couple of days. And um, that's why she outlined it and I knew it because I was to watch it and, and so forth. And I just want to tell you, sometimes we don't, necessarily, I mentioned it, we don't necessarily know how the Lord rebukes the devourer, but I'm getting, you know, she agreed with me that he hit the nerve. And so this is why I couldn't move it and and, uh, had tremendous pain and so forth. But I seriously believe because of the redness and the spread of it, that that was on the way. But I'm a tither. I'm a tither. And he does rebuke the devourer. All right, so let me get into the word. I don't uh, do New Year's resolutions. I don't ask the Lord, what's new for this year? No, I don't. And uh, so it took me by surprise when he said to me more in 24. And I said, Lord, what are you up to? What are you saying? And honestly, I didn't get a clear answer. I had to meditate with him. I had to keep going after it. And uh, I started sensing, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And before you write me off and say name it and claim it and blap it and grab it and all that, um, I, I just want to say to you that, you know, those are scriptural principles. And that got a really bad derogatory thing because of people not wanting to commit to the Word not wanting to see the whole picture, and not just the, the moniker that it was given. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. And, uh, excuse me, I can't use that one, in yeah, anyway. So, um, the Lord wa- wow, the Lord wants to give you more in 24. Now this is not a self-serving message, but by the same token, do you understand that God delights in our prosperity. He delights in our prosperity. That's awesome. And that He wants to increase us and increase us. So when we start looking into the Word, we're going to see more than you could ever expect to, or like the world would like to believe. Um, but that's what we're going to do. But by the same token, I do not, and I do not think anything anybody here does think like this, But God is not a vending machine. He's not a sugar daddy. Um, You know, he's not the genie in the bottle. But if you will put principles to work for you, I'm going to tell you firsthand, it's a tremendous ride and a victory. He delights in your prosperity. All right, so what does more look like to you? That's what I heard first from the Lord. And there are some things I'm waiting on, some things I'm looking for, some things. And, and, and they, they, they go the gamut from relationships to this and that and whatever. Each of us has those sections, those areas of our life that we would like to see change. We would like to see more finances. And for some, that's a cash flow thing. Uh, opportunities, maybe even someone needs a job. Uh, stop living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe some of you have not paid your home off. Maybe some have gotten new homes and you have debt there. Of course you do, usually. Uh, I'll leave that alone. All right. Sometimes uh, we haven't started in a savings account or we need to add to that to have a healthy cushion, if you will, for emergencies and things that come up. And then there's the one that's awesome, and we sometimes, and I did purposely put this last, more money to give away. What's God's projects? What, uh, what can, what's needs here in the local church? Or something that catches your heart, but you might not think you have the money to contribute to it. Health's another area. Had a conversation this morning, um, you know, we're getting older and um, my word is He renews and restores your health and renews our youth. Things don't fall on us though, I want to tell you that that no matter where we are in our spiritual walk, nothing falls on us. You have to go after it. You know, when when Patty said, who's knocking? What's our answer? What are we going to do about it? Are we going to open the word fully? The door fully to the answer, or are we going to shut that door? Relationships. Uh, some people need relationships restored, and um, sometimes we have estrangements. I don't think anybody can say that they have the perfect marriage. That there's not areas to work on or a continual uh, desire to make each other happy and, and contented. What can I do for you? What can, you know? So there's areas there. Spiritually, we know we want to manifest the gifts of God. What are we doing to work towards that? Do we know our calling? What God's called for us to do? Our, our place in the body, how about more wisdom in natural situations, understanding and God's perspective so that we can do what He wants to do the way He wants to do it. Probably a really good one to start with is hearing God better, making sure that you understand Him and what He's saying with the intent. Sometimes we can hear the words, but we have to have his heart on how to say and what to say when. I'll hit home here a little bit. Committing to a life group. Um, I've been thrilled to be part of Chandler's. There's others that we have and more starting. Please get yourself hooked up. It's worth the time. It's worth the commitment. And then there's the dreams and visions of your heart. If I could do this, some of us say. Oh, if I could have my dream, I'd like to do that. How do I step out? When do I step out? If I stepped out, is God in it? Is it a God idea or just a wishful thinking? And can I develop that wishful thinking into something that's viable? that has strength to it. And I know that you're all thinking of other areas that I haven't listed and don't need to go into, but you get the gist of things. So how do we get more? How do we get there? If we, if we have needs and we know we do, and we all do, um, how do we get the more in 24? Well, it's as simple and as hard as this faith faith see God doesn't just want uh, to give us more but he wants to develop us more we have got to keep growing in him yes for ourselves absolutely the world is watching I've told you that our neighbors are watching but it's also for him to meet The, um, I'll just go again with the gifts of the Spirit. There's nothing more awesome than to, ha- to have a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. To speak into somebody's life, to have that prophecy pastor mentioned, and you read people's mail, you know, it helps them so much. So what is faith? Well, faith's believing God, believing His Word, that what He said, he, it's true. It is possible, it is him, and that's what he wants to do. He is, like Patty said over and over, he is the I am. There's nothing he can't do. If he said, he said it, he wants to do it. It's for you. The word of God was written for us. Scripture calls it having confidence in God. Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense or compensation of reward. Even in natural things, there's a reward. If we'll believe him and we stand fast, in other words, we hold on to what we believe despite the circumstance that usually, because the word says that the enemy comes immediately to try to steal that word. If we will hold to the word, we can have the reward, the compensation. <laughs> Second Chronicles 20.20 20 says, Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper or succeed. And prophets are those speaking God's word. And you, when you believe the word however it comes, though, and you have faith, you get, and you have that confidence in God, you get that reward, that compensation. And that's what we want. That's what he set it up. There is the ways of God, and we simply need to learn the ways of God. But let me keep going here. I read to you that uh, we would be established. Well, established means to be founded, built, or brought into existence, settled or installed relatively permanently. And the thesaurus is established as a firm position, rooted, grounded, stable, secure. And Colossians talks about being rooted and grounded, built up in him, established in the faith. And that's where our success is, to be established in the faith, that, you know, when something happens, you don't get the monies, And yes, you can be surprised. We all are. If something just takes us by surprise. My arm took me by surprise, him biting down and just hanging on. But I went in the house and looking for the Neosporin immediately. But I said, praise God, you've got this. And whenever we get something that comes into our life, and I know we all know the, the um, testimony of the Chandlers with the flooding in the kitchen. They just expected God was going to rebuild and do better, and He did. The call of God on their house is to be open and be a um, open house with food. <laughs> and it is, and much better. So God has, you know God, despite what the enemy brings to us, if we will believe He's in it, He's in the outcome we get his results they keep going here you know when we go to different places I used to pass front street to the mansion every morning and uh, and you can think of your own places where you pass or you've been to on vacation and they'll say established and they may be the year or um, it doesn't even have to be. I've seen homes that aren't established that long and they'll have a nice plaque on their the corner of the house or something. But when you know that it's an established business and you see the date and maybe it's 100 years old, maybe it's 50 years old, you know that they're making it. It's working. Uh, you can trust it. It's been around. They've taken the weather and... Come out on the other side; they're still there. It's still going. Well, that's what established is for us. When we get established in the Word, we're going to make it. We're going to. It's going to work. We're going to be around. We're going to show that uh, we're de- the Word is dependable and stable. So, how do we believe for more? How do we use our faith more? Sometimes you can use a concordance. Sometimes you can talk to your friends. Life group is always a good place to pass things by and, and your circumstances and, you know, reach out to your friends. Search the scriptures to find what applies to your position, what your circumstances. And when you grab hold of a couple and you write them down, and I encourage you to write them down, Because it says to put, the word says to put this always before your eyes. So if you have scriptures that meet your situation and you say, Wow, God, wow, God, here's the answer, then put them where you can see them and go over them and read over them. And once you've done that and it sinks into your heart that this is his answer for me, what my choice, our choice, has to be next is, I believe you, God. Your word says this, so now I have to believe this. This suits my situation, and I'm going to believe you for that. And then pray. Bring that word before him. God, your word says to owe no man nothing but to love them. God, your word says that I'm healed, that you restore health unto me. God, you say about our valley that you want everyone to be saved and come into a knowledge of the truth. So we're saying the word back to him. Now, what are you expecting? So, God, I thank you that I'm debt-free. Doesn't mean matter that it the bank circumstances life the paycheck says it's going to take 30 years. No, God. No, God. I am believing your word that I'm not only supposed to be, but I am out of debt. God, I'm healed. Your word says I'm healed. Never mind that this doesn't want to function fully yet. I'm healed, and I claim that, and I expect full movement to come back and the nerve to settle down. God, it doesn't matter my neighbors are drunks and others trying to bring things into our town that are ungodly and not good for our families and our children. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing, what the facts say or the circumstances show. I believe in your word, God. So, in the name of Jesus, I'm siding with you. So, Lord, now I thank you that you've heard me. You've heard your word called back to you because you say to remind me of your word, of my word. So I thank you, Lord. It says to believe we receive when we pray. If you can't get there, look ahead. If you're not quite there, go back to the Word and spend time in the Word. It helps not discourage yourself later. Establish yourself until you know that you know that you know that you know and you're not letting go. So we've gone through the steps and you're thanking Him for the end result. What if it doesn't happen right away? Lots of things don't Some not in a week, a month, a year, a decade. I just saw Jeannie here. What a good report she had a couple years ago, praying for decades. And God answered. She didn't let go. Scripture talks about having done all the steps I just mentioned. Stand. Stands a military term. You don't leave. You don't quit. You don't give up your position. You stand. You stay there in that spot. What spot? The spot of faith. There's more in 24. And that's what the Lord said, but I want things too. And it didn't take me by surprise, it just made me feel a little bit small to think that I'm thinking about my situations. But you know, God has desires on his heart too. I forgot public He wants to manifest Himself more, and a lot of that has to do with the gifts of the Spirit. Not only being filled with the gifts of the Spirit, but manifesting the gifts of the Spirit. And for that, you're going to have to practice, and you're going to have to be willing to feel foolish and to maybe look foolish. Not to say that you are, but just what you're going to feel like. This is out of our league. This is a spiritual league. We have to get into God's way of doing things, and it's not our natural. It can become our natural. The supernatural can be natural. But we have to work to get there. God wants to pour out more. Do you know when we were having the, the first um, living room worship? I don't get visions very much. But I could see lights going on here and there and here. And we were worshiping the Lord. And I thought, oh, and I I honestly earnestly looked, knew right away what this was. That for people, truth was coming into their households, the light was going on. But as we worshiped, I saw more and more and quicker. Lights come on. And I believe with all my heart that if we will step up the pace to hearing God, to walking in the Spirit, to manifesting the gifts, He will too. So yes, praise God. There's more in 24. He wants to meet our needs. He wants to increase and increase us. But He wants to do it for your neighbors, too. He wants to do it for our valley. And I have committed myself, having heard some testimonies uh, online of how God had set up communities and towns, and then God spoke to them to go and there were some people praying for their area. But they weren't just praying haphazardly as my case was. But they were earnestly. And it doesn't matter that you almost say the same thing every day. It's the intent of the heart is, God, I'm crying out for my valley. God, would you move here? Would you do it Again, the Zuzu Street Revival. Would you do the um, Toronto? God, would you meet people where they're at? Would you bring them, God, in the doors of those places that are speaking your word? God, would you give me a word here and there? And as I began to do this, I was up at Walmart, me being me, Somebody ahead of me, just walking past when I had just finished checking out, had a Christmas tree on their cart, and I had just been over to Goodwill. And and, uh, the one lady knows me. She says this is a good deal for somebody, and it was a big tree with lights and uh, ornaments. And she said it was fifty dollars. So I'm just seeing this box go past me, and it looked just like it. So I, of course said to these folks, Hey, you might want to consider going over to Goodwill to see if what you have is just what you want. So I talked to them and he was so nice. And um, he said, you know, I like you. You're thinking of other people. We had a nice conversation. I put my stuff in the car, have to go put my cart back. And they're right there at their car. And I heard the Lord say to me as I shut the back of my car, Ask them about a home church. Okay. So when I put my cart back, I said to them, Do you need people? I said, I've already gotten in your business a little bit here. But I said, if you'll forgive me one more time. Oh, yeah, sure. And, he sa- and I said to him, Do you all need a home church? And they looked at each other and he said, we just moved here. And we're driving an hour and a half to go home, and it's not working. And so when I said hillside, I thought he would, and he had mentioned goodwill. And the thing I'm thinking, he's looking up because he doesn't know where things are. He's looking up goodwill. No, he's looking up here. He's looking up here. Just being led of the Lord, and I was not here the next week because of the snow so i don't know if they came but i'm believing i'm believing that they're going to come and i think we're all going to have a little bit more opportunity not to promote so much church but this is a good place this is yeah yeah this is a good place we're endeavoring to follow the lord and he asks no more So there's more in 24. God wants to do more for you and for our community. All
1: right.
0: Praise God. I was reminded when you were sharing about um, standing in faith, believing, not wavering and all that. How many of you, do you know Dave Hess? I think it's been a while. I've been having a harder time getting him here. He's much more in demand around, but I'll get him. He had really severe cancer, almost died from it. And uh, some people came to the hospital to encourage him while he was there getting chemotherapy. And I mean, they, they were to the point at one point, they gave him less than a day to live. And people would come in and some of them would come saying, you know, I hope you're doing okay. Don't worry, we'll be there for your family if you die. I mean, things like that. And he's, he's laying in bed, you know, racked with pain and all this kind of stuff and, you know, all dizzy from the medications and whatnot. And, and people coming and saying that. And he was believing, God, I'm going to be healed. I'm getting up out of this bed and I'm going to go home and finish my life with my church and with my family. So they put a sign up on the wall. It said, no wimpy prayers. <laughs> if we ask and we pray and we say, God, I pray that you'll do this. But just in case you don't, I got my backup plan ready to go. That's not the faith that we're looking for. We're looking for people who are ready to go in face first, dive in and trust the Lord. And, and many of us have experienced disappointment. So what I've been disappointed. You've been disappointed. Does the word of God change? Cause we've been disappointed. Not a bit. Well, I'm going to wrap something up here. The elders uh, were together the other night and I shared something. It's been stirring in me for quite a while. I got to tell you, we have a phenomenal eldership here. Do you know that? If you don't know all of the elders yet, get to know all of the elders. Like invite, there's Vaughn in the back over there. He's so quiet and so sweet and so gentle. Very few people even know. I mean, I say very few people. There are a lot of people that don't even know that he's an elder a five minutes with that man is like Jesus for five minutes. I'm telling you, there is such a richness in that man and a life. And he's got a lot more to say than you you'll hear over this microphone, but he is a powerful sweetheart of a man of God. So I urge you to get to know, but when we get together, we've just determined we're going to hear from God together. We're not going to share. I think this, I think this, I think this, and then and vote on it. We're going to hear from heaven together as a group. We're going to sit until we hear from Jesus. And until we do, we're not going to do anything. We're certainly not going to lead the people of this house in any direction until we are 100% convinced this is the word of the Lord. So we did this the other night, and I shared something. It would be pre- it's a pretty big change that we're making, and I'm announcing it here rather than the annual meeting because um, I just want to make sure people who couldn't make it get this as they're watching it online but we really felt like we have a, a scripture that really defines us better than the scripture that we've carried since the beginning of Hillside. so we are right now our verse if you're a member of the church you know this you're the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hid so let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven that's a good word right there how many of you believe every church should have that up on the wall, because that is a defining word for all disciples. But we want to know specifically, we're always seeking to know the answer to the question, what's the Lord said to us? Why are we here? Why don't we all just join together with one of the other local churches and build a bigger church that meets under one roof together? What's our specific purpose? And we can't get away. The word of the Lord over us has always been about having a ministry to broken people, that lives would come here to get restored. People that were on the edge of, you know, every, every kind of way of life being destroyed, that God would send them here. It would be like a hospital. They'd get healed up. Some will stay. Many will go because they got healed in this place and they went on to their destiny from here. And we praise God for all of it. We praise God for the ones who are still here. I love all of you. And we praise God for the ones that God raised up and sent off somewhere else. Some of them sent off to other local churches in the area. We were a stopping point for them to be made whole. And then God planted them in other churches around the area. We praise God for that. There is no no of competition here. That was, that was I was hoping for a bigger amen. There's no spirit of competition. They all belong to the Lord, right? So Isaiah 61 verses one through four, I'm going to read it for you. I just preached on this not too long ago. And ever since I could not get away from the spirit of the Lord saying that is Hillside's verse. That is who you are. That is what you embody. Jesus laid down the gauntlet in 30 AD or whenever, whatever year it was that he stood up in the synagogue of his hometown, opened up to this verse, this passage of scripture And he said, today, this word is fulfilled in your midst. He laid it down and said, now the spirit of God has anointed me. And then when he rose up into heaven, he said to us, tag, you are it. And this is what we live for. So the spirit of the Lord God is upon us because the Lord has anointed us to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And and that's not the end of it. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations. They will repair the ruined cities the desolations of many generations. That's who we are, and that's what we do. That's who Hillside is. So if you're a part of Hillside, whether you're a member or you're just hanging out, checking to see, is this where I want to get rooted? Is this the place that Jesus has set me to get rooted? You do know that that's the most important thing to know in determining what local church should I be a part of. Is this family? Is this where Jesus has established me? It's not based on, do I love the worship? Do I love the preaching? Do I love just the people there? All those are important. Do they have ministry for my kids and for my youth? That's not, those aren't the most important questions. The most important question, we're going to stand in front of Jesus one day and we want to be able to answer, I set myself in the place you established me. And I didn't just go and serve myself by going where I felt my soul needs were met. That's what it means to be part of Hillside. This is an all-hands-on-deck church. So I'm going to exhort you and give you homework. I'm allowed to do that, right? Paul says it's all right. And that's all I need. Paul and Jesus, man, you know, (laughs) go to the ends of the earth with those two. (laughs) Here's your homework. Print this scripture out. Put it on your mirror. Put it on your refrigerator. Put a bookmark in it in your Bible. And I'm I'm going to urge you. I'm I'm pleading with you and, and giving you homework. Read it. Memorize it get it deep into your spirit and then begin to do all the things you heard the word of the Lord just now begin to pray this and see and say Lord I believe I'm going to see this with my eyes I believe no longer am I going to minister to a broken life over and over and over and over again only to see them spiral into deeper brokenness no no, no. the spirit of the Lord God's upon me because I'm bringing good news that's going to turn those beauty into ashes, that's going to take that spirit of despair and turn it into praise instead. That's what I'm going to see. Begin to pray and believe, God, you're you're on me and your spirit never fails. Your spirit never fails. And so God, anoint me like this and I'm going to see these things happen. Then I want to ask you this, this question. Which part of this word do you get most excited about? Like what part of it gets you all like, man, I can't wait to do that. Uh, don't, don't let it be the day of vengeance of our God, all right? Like <laughs> you don't have a table flipping ministry, okay? That's like one and every once in a while. And that's not our proclamation. We believe that God will take vengeance on everything that hurts and harms his kids, and all of his people. But that's vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And don't don't be a wise guy and go, yeah vengeance is mine and i'll be your instrument <laughs> all right so other than that you see depressed people you get excited about the thought hey i have hope and i have a word of hope and i have compassion so that that person will be able to leave a conversation with me and the spirit of god's gonna fill them with joy instead of mourning I love getting around heavy people. Maybe you say I like actually that that grumpy guy that works next to me at the the cubicle or the the window thingy next to me or I don't know how the how it works over there. But I actually don't get frustrated at that guy. I love working with that guy, and I can see what he's going to be like when he gets filled with God and when Jesus makes him a happy person again. And I can see it before it happens. Maybe that's you. Read this over, and ask the Lord which am I? Why am I part of this church? Because this is what we're going to do. Amen. Praise God. I can't wait to see what's going to happen next.